Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 233, Estrogen Dominance. So in today's episode, we're going to be covering what estrogen dominance is, how lifestyle and diet exacerbate or drive it, as well as food as medicine and supplement tools to balance out hormones in your body. Yes. So this episode is actually not just for women because estrogen dominance is rampant in men as well. There is a high need for this information because we know that estrogen levels in the body are on the rise due to the increase of exposure to synthetic estrogens, which could come from our chemicals, our plastics, even our sterility complex that we're getting with all this overuse of sanitizers, which scramble our endocrine system or interfere with how our body's hormone balance is functioning. And also we will get into in this episode sources, ways to avoid with lifestyle and, you know, why this happens in the first place. So before we get rocking into all the things on estrogen dominance, what it is, why you don't want it, let's do some updates, Becky. Yeah, so our next level keto program is kicking off um, next week, actually. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So this starts April 5th. It's going to be six weeks in a row for just $150. That's $25 per class. And this will be an intimate experience for prior members only. So kind of an extension class, if you will, for those who currently are doing the class and anyone who's ever done our keto in the past. Yes. So that is a prerequisite to have done our 12-week program, but this will be a really different format. A, it's weekly instead of bi-weekly, so a little bit more concentrated, taking you into the middle of May. And we will also do things a little bit more interactive and, as you said, more intimate, Becky, in the sense that we'll do like the Brady Bunch squares (laughs) where you can share with your camera or just audio if you prefer. And um, we have three classes that'll have more of a set curriculum and then Every other week, we'll have more of a free-form Q&A, but on topics. So we have one on like fasting and mastering your macros topic of a Q&A. We have another one on gut health, which would include things from leaky gut to dysbiosis to, you know, what's happened with a cleanse in the past and troubleshooting. And then the third Q&A is going to be more lifestyle, looking into things like exercise, intermittent fasting, uh, looking at sauna use and other, you know, detox lifestyle support. And we have the option option of layering in the 10-day detox through this program as well. We're super excited. This is the first time that we've offered it and um, can't wait for you to join. So check that out at AllieMillerRD.com. And if that sounds good, but you have not done level one, make sure that you sign up for our 12-week food as medicine ketosis class. That goes over 12 weeks. It's six classes every other week. And that next group launches May 5th. So we are in open enrollment now. Um, We have seen such amazing clinical outcomes. And one of my favorite testimonials always is 
feeling like myself again and really experiencing food freedom. I would say the number one thing that we see that starts and also is sustainable results is less cravings and more satiety and just less ruminating on, is this a good choice or a bad choice? Food confidence, wouldn't you say? And I think that that's what it's all about is feeling empowered with how to use food as medicine for yourself and your family. And in that first level, we really teach you how to get fat adapted and then how to explore your metabolic flexibility and determine you know, what amount of carbohydrate threshold works best to fit your body's needs based on your stress levels, your hormones, your metabolic goals, and so much more. So both of those programs are over at AllieMillerRD.com and we'd love to see you in either. And also super exciting beyond courses that we have available for you guys is two new supplements that we've added into the Naturally Nourished line. So our last ad was over a year ago when we brought in Brocco Detox. And Brocco Detox is going to be talked about a lot in this episode of Estrogen Dominance. But we brought in a probiotic and also CoQ10 complex. So the probiotic we kind of teased a little bit last episode when we were talking about women's hormone updates talking about period problems, endometriosis, and uh, PCOS. And we were talking about spermicides in the form of tools for pregnancy prevention and how those can really mess with your vaginal pH. And really, a vaginal pH can be messed with with intercourse from your partner and so many other things, uh, you know, sweating in your yoga pants, all the stuffs. So Women's Flora Probiotic is a unique blend of probiotics that can be taken orally or used as a vaginal insert to help to maintain a healthy vaginal microflora and support urogenital health. So the safety and efficacy of this probiotic has been supported by laboratory research and clinical evaluation. We talked about a randomized double-blind controlled study that compared it to a placebo in the sense of bacterial vaginosis or BV, as well as yeast infections and UTIs. It contains lactobacillus ruteri and lactobacillus raminus. So these two strains of lactobacillus help to balance out your vaginal flora for whole body health as far as the world of your uterus supporting also the combination of sex hormone balance and all of this, but really specific to UTIs, yeast infections, BV. And even Becky shared that this was the one that she used when she was combating uh, strep B um, for her pregnancy. And she got from a first initial positive to a negative. So it did the trick. Yep, sure did. Insertion and oral, if we must. Yeah, so this is <laughs> something that it. you might want to be provigilant with, especially in the perimenopausal population mm-hmm. as estrogen levels are declining. Um, we see that that can play a negative impact on your vaginal flora. Um, also, you know, helping to just balance out vaginal secretions and lubrication. And again, if you are in swimsuits for longer periods of time or wearing yoga pants sure. and such, a good thing to just kind of proactive, preventative, this would be layered on top of your baseline probiotics. So if you're taking actually restore baseline or if you are doing the heavier hit of the targeted strength probiotic or if you're doing the rebuild spectrum this would be something that you could do daily or you could just kind of pulse in at times of higher risk yep and if you've done a beat the bloat cleanse because we recommended it for you know a reason of being prone to vaginal yeast infections or something like that i think this would be a really good one to layer on in that second kind of rebuild phase as well and yeah for those people that have dealt with you know having to treat utis Mm -hmm. or yeast infections or bv i would say that this would be a good one to add in on a daily basis yep Um, And then the other supplement that we're super excited about adding to our line is the CoQ10 complex. So we added this for a number of reasons, one of them being that 
We do have populations who are on statin drugs, and we know that statin drugs do deplete CoQ10 and block that pathway of manufacture. So really, really important for cardiovascular health, has antioxidant-like function in the body, and plays a huge role with our electron transport transport chain, um, so helping us to actually manufacture energy in our cells. Plus, it's really supportive for fertility, including egg and sperm quality. Yes, absolutely. So high antioxidant capacity means less oxidative stress. So that means that there's more viable egg and sperm quality. So this is a big tool we use with infertility, even including like IVF um, and so forth. We also would incorporate anyone that's on a statin drug or anyone that has any cardiovascular family history of risk or is it a higher toxic lifestyle that's prone towards oxidative uh, damage or antioxidant depletion? So this could also be like your marathon runners mm-hmm. and your exercisers because that oxidative stress from exercise. And so this really fuels all of the mitochondria, the energy factories in the cells of our body. Really supportive also for neurodegenerative disease and can be seen as that family of kind of anti-aging substances can help with, of course, energy, neuroprotection, endurance, metabolism, and even in the world of metabolic syndrome from blood sugar management to definitely cardiovascular because you think the heart itself has a lot of dense energy factories. It's, you know, a very functional muscle in the body. So check out the CoQ10 complex. What's unique about this is that it does have zinc and also turmeric aided in there and a little bit of vitamin E, actually a pretty hefty amount of vitamin E in there to also create the synergistic influence and um, aid in that lipophilic antioxidant function. So helping to be fat absorption and bioavailable. All right. So before we get into it for today, let's just take a second to talk about wild foods. Yes. So Wild Foods is a company that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their product. Just a couple weeks ago, I was featuring some of my favorite food products from them as I was making up some green stuff for St. Patrick's Day for Stella. So I love their Wild Matcha. It is a stone ground green tea leaf, which is going to have, of course, 10 times the nutritional and antioxidant capacity of regular brewed green tea. So you're getting that L-theanine, you're getting that EGCG for the metabolic food and then the whole myriad of antioxidants. And their matcha is ceremonial grade. It's really beautiful, bright, bold green, has a nice grassy flavor and finish, not as bitter as some of the other ones on the market. So I will do that as a matcha latte. I will add it to a smoothie. And I added it to their wild cacao butter wafers actually. So I made like a white chocolate cluster where I took a shredded coconut and I melted down their wild cacao butter wafers, which is the, you know, cacao butter. Uh, This is also organically grown and blends really beautifully if you're doing like a fat-fueled coffee without dairy. Uh, But I melted this down with some coconut oil and then some vanilla um, bean, wild vanilla bean, which is going to be hand-harvested vanilla bean that they have in their line. Awesome as well. So you don't get that alcohol flavor profile from your your liquid forms of vanilla extract Um, so actual whole vanilla bean in there and then I did the matcha to color it green and we made these little like sweet white chocolate 
Yeah. I'm going to yeah. need a recipe. They were great. Yeah. And then I also <laughs> ended up adding it to my low carb chocolate chip cookies. And that turned out really fun as well. Um, I love all of their teas and um, they have various blends. My favorite one is it's starting to get warm out again. I was doing a lot of the elderberry one, which I still do in the evening occasionally, but now I'm really all about that Taiji, which is green rooibos tea with ginger, lemongrass, and lime. It is just so bright and refreshing, awesome iced with a little squeeze of lime. Um, and that tang and balance of flavor profile is awesome. And it's non-caffeinated, so it can be a really great thing like as like a mocktail or an option in the evening um, to do on the porch outside when you're watching the sunset. Yeah, love it. And then the last one I'll, I'll kind of give some love to is the Cocotropic Wild Superfood Elixir. I think that this is one of their most novel products out there. You know, everything is obviously very quality, um, very well sourced, but this is a really cool synergistic blend of cacao, so raw cacao powder, raw maca powder, as well as turmeric root. Um, so very anti-inflammatory, supportive for that HPA access with the maca, supporting that, that pituitary for hormone balance and libido, but also as an adaptogen to reduce the stress response. Layered on top of that is more adaptogenic mushrooms, reishi and chaga, which can aid with endurance, energy, as well as immune function, and so much more. We talked about that in our episode on the um Naturally Nourished YouTube with the hot toddies. We did that chaga toddy. Um, so this has reishi, chaga, raw maca, wild turmeric, and cacao. And you can sip it like a hot cocoa. You can blend it into your fatty coffees with those um, cacao wafers. Um, I like to throw it also in smoothies, but it's a fantastic nootropic. So it aids in mood and mental performance. Brain boosting compounds all come together with this antioxidant rich, organically grown ingredients that is phenomenal. You can you really trade this out like one half to one half in any recipe, like our chocolate avocado brownies. Um, so you can use it in that sense, or maybe a third cup of that with the two thirds of just cacao. Um, and then just doing a couple tablespoons throughout the day can work really beautifully. So go on over to wildfoods.co, that's .co.com. Put in Allie Miller RD at checkout. You'll get 12% off your order and let them know that you learned about them through the Naturally Nourished podcast. That's wildfoods.co, Allie Miller RD at checkout. So much good stuff. All right, let's dive in and let's just give a little bit of background because I think it's been a minute since we've done a podcast on estrogen dominance. And I will link for listeners. I know we did one on endocrine disruptors yes. and estrogen dominance, but that was still in like the one thirties, 40s ago. Yeah, not this deep dive, um, just yep. on estrogen. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll link prior episodes, but let's just refresh on what the symptoms of estrogen dominance that listeners might be experiencing are. Okay. So estrogen dominance is either an excess of estrogen circulating through the body or the dominance of estrogen due to insufficient levels of the countering hormones, which would be typically testosterone or progesterone, typically testosterone in men, progesterone in women. And so because testosterone is going to be a little bit less in women as is. So when we see estrogen dominance, it's important to first off call out, and what we'll talk about in today's episode is different ways to address it. Um, because you can experience estrogen dominance where you maybe don't have to detox or sequester that estrogen. Instead, you have to modulate your HPA access and support production of progesterone or testosterone to offset that imbalance. Um, but 
the majority of estrogen dominance generally is going to be seen from an excess of estrogen. And symptoms can be seen through bloating, especially in the uterine area or abdomen. Um, we can see increased belly fat, especially in men when we're seeing this andropause, um, where they're converting their testosterone into estrogen that creates that like rounded basketball belly. We can see swelling and tenderness in the breasts, and we can also see in men gynomastia or male breast formation, but women could get just swelling or tenderness. We can see more prone towards fibrocystic lumps in the breasts. We can see reduced libido. Uh, we know progesterone and testosterone, again, play a big role in sex drive and vigor. Um, and then with men, we can see erectile dysfunction with estrogen dominance. We can see in women, irregular menstrual periods. We can see increased PMS symptoms, as well as mood swings, headaches, anxiety, and panic attacks. And this would be in both men and women. Uh, weight gain, increased belly fat, hair loss, which often gets overlooked, I feel, uh, cold hands or feet. Uh, we also will see just lower circulatory flow. Uh, we can see increased blood clot risk or formation, uh, insomnia, trouble sleeping, and even memory problems or cognitive decline. And the issue is often estrogen dominance does come on with the aging process, unless we're talking about someone who is overweight in their 20s, 30s, 40s, or someone who has the testosterone or progesterone. So when we're talking about that excess um, that does bioaccumulate or build up in the body. So as you're going through your aging process, make sure that you're not just writing off some of these things like mm -hmm. changes in sleep and the weight gain and um, hair loss and memory problems as just aging. And I think that's one of my frustrations, generally speaking, in the conventional medical model, right? Like you share all your feedback and no one wants to look at why it's happening. It's just like, oh, just accept it. And I'm like, no, man, I want to thrive. No, <laughs> no. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it needs to be right. normal for you. Yes. No. yes. Um, okay, so really quite vast in terms of symptoms of expression. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people are going to have at least a couple of those symptoms of experience. Um, and important, like you said, that, you know, someone can test with these normal levels, but if those other sexual hormones are imbalanced or too low, they can still be relative estrogen dominant. Um, so let's go ahead and hit maybe on some of the primary causes of estrogen dominance. Um, let's talk first about those that are due to an excess of estrogen and then maybe those that are due to insufficient testosterone or progesterone. Yeah. So it's good to kind of break them down. Um, so we think of, again, the excess estrogen with weight gain also rapid weight loss. And so if we're thinking of rapid weight loss, especially people that are losing like 30 to 50 pounds in a year, I've seen remarkable estrogen dominance from 30 pounds of weight loss, which could be achieved in three to four months. And the significance of that is that your adipocytes or your body fat cells are actually estrogenic themselves. So when you lose weight, and this is what we've covered, we should also link, Becky, the importance of detox with mm -hmm. keto. Um, that's really the big aha of that episode is that when you liberate body fat, when you lose body fat, that releases those endocrine disrupting toxins that were stored in your fat as well as estrogen. And so we can often see estradiol levels going high, even in the blood, which is a much 
much more kind of dumbed down, less sensitive than like a salivary panel. Um, so rapid weight loss and weight gain are going to be two huge risk factors. Um, we also see exposure to estrogen, of course, through estrogen-related replacement. Um, so this could be in the perimenopausal or menopausal stage. Maybe they're on an estrogen replacement, whether it's a vaginal insertion or a topical or an oral, and they're not being tested or managed. Or in this for- form of birth control, we can also see estrogen dominance. We can see any type of hormonal transition. So this could be postpartum, we're at higher risk of estrogen dominance, or menopause um, and the whole perimenopause transition. Uh, liver issues. So if you have liver stagnation, if you've had your gallbladder removed, that's going to hinder the bile flow. Um, any impact on detoxification, or if you've been told that you have fatty liver or that your ALT or AST enzymes have been elevated, um, those would be in like a comprehensive metabolic panel. These are going to be indicators of a, a risk factor for estrogen dominance because the liver produces and clears hormones. So we'll talk today in ways to love on your liver for estrogen metabolism support. And then within that kind of construct, it would be exposure to toxins, including endocrine disruptors and xenoestrogens. And we'll nerd on on that later. So I'll pause there. So those are all of your excess estrogens, right? So either liberated from your body or built from your body's excess body fat storage or this hormone transition or the liver not clearing or regulating. Now, then the other side of the fence is the excess estrogen or, or the estrogen dominance without excess estrogen, but the estrogen dominance due to the inadequate testosterone or progesterone. And the number one hit here is stress, for sure. Um, When your body is in that sympathetic fight or flight mode, you are in an overdrive survival mode and your body's suppressing the primary reproductive hormones, which are testosterone and progesterone, even louder than estrogen. And so stress will really suppress those primary um, pillars that we need to create balance in the body. Um, We see nutrient deficiencies being a big driver as well. We see muscle loss because for women, muscle is actually the primary place of testosterone production. Um, And then for men, it's secondary to the gonads, but muscle loss and sarcopenia, which can occur with aging as well, um, but also just if not doing resistance training or eating ample protein, that can drive deficiency. PCOS, um, women tend to be more prone towards estrogen dominance, especially those that have fibroids um, or endometriosis is another world of the women's hormones that would be more prone to estrogen dominance. And then hypothyroidism. Okay, so stress, metabolic, and weight changes would kind of be the biggest factors here, um, and lifestyle changes as well. Um, let's cover just some of the approaches of balancing hormones in the body and talk through the priorities. Yeah, so I think the most direct and powerful tools in regulating estrogen dominance is going to be through supporting detoxification of estrogen, while reducing oxidative stress. So antioxidant support while you're going through the detox of estrogen. And then this secondary thing that we would look at is keeping the body in a regulated parasympathetic state where it doesn't feel in survival stress, that sympathetic mode. And then the third thing that we look at is the clearing also in the world kind of of detox, but this goes more into gut microbiome, ensuring the colon is regulating estrogen excretion with daily bowel movements. So 
if you're not pooping daily, you're likely setting yourself up for estrogen dominance. So bowel regularity, um, because that gut blood barrier will actually reuptake estrogen if not cleared. And when we're looking at the stool, um, in a stool test, we look at beta-gluconeridase as a marker of estrogen dominance. And beta-gluconeridase is going to be regulated by your short chain fatty acids, which are really influenced through your probacteria and also your prebiotic fibers. So um, we look at bowel regularity, but also microbiome balance and dysbiosis in itself, as well as bowel irregularity are drivers of the estrogen dominance. Okay. And then um, with the body composition change piece, you mentioned those adipocytes um, and that the body fat has estrogenic properties. So what are the priorities there? Yeah. So, I mean, I, obviously weight loss is a part of the solution of estrogen dominance. I think that's worth kind of calling out, right? So you want that weight loss, but be mindful that while you're losing weight, you need to support through detoxification. And so I generally say every 10% of body weight loss, not just not 10% fat loss, 10% of your weight on the scale. So that means that if you're 160 pounds and you lose 16 pounds, that you need to do the 10-day detox. Um, So proactive detox support as you lose body fat is going to be huge. And then prevention of body fat gain, of course, um, is a huge piece of the puzzle because unfavorable shifts in body composition are going to drive that estrogen dominance. And even with your successes in weight loss, you'll see you'll have a stall in your weight loss progress if you don't clean up or mop up that estrogen dominance in the body. And then I think our women's hormone bundle would be appropriate really for all of the priorities that you just mentioned. Um, but specific formulas in there, we're looking at our Brocco detox, which, um, after you've done a 10 day detox, I think would be a great thing to add on kind of as an ongoing tool to aid in balancing out estrogen dominance. Um, it's also got our relax and regulate, which we've talked about at length, but I'm sure we'll get into again. Yeah. Today. I have fun stuff to share on men with relax and regulate. Cool. Today. Okay. Yeah, Cause yeah. I feel like we always talk yep. about it in the constructs of women, but yes, yep. um, <laughs> it is in the women's hormone bundle, but also good for men. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, also our beat complex in there and that one specific to, especially women who've come off birth control or are dealing with, you know, estrogen dominance related to stress is kind of the big ticket. Totally. Yeah. So the women's hormone bundle has those three formulas. It's really designed for women at all ages and stages of life. And that's why we didn't throw a multivitamin in there. So this would be appropriate, like you said, if you're weaning off hormonal birth control, if you have known estrogen dominance or PCOS or endo or any of those high-risk factors, as well as entering into menopause and looking to ease the transition. So the BRCO detox in the sense of estrogen dominance is really the star of the show because it really provides the biggest direct tool for estrogen regulation with sulforaphane. Sulforaphane is a unique antioxidant found in broccoli that aids in that phase two detoxification. So it's been shown in research to not only reduce excessive estrogen levels in the body, but also to protect the toxicity of our cells by reducing oxidative stress by stimulating the NRF2 pathways of our body. So it actually supports glutathione levels, driving antioxidant production, while it also aids in reducing that excess estrogen. And the sulforaphane comes in a whole food form. So we incorporate both broccoli sprout and broccoli seed in this formula. And then we go the next level to make it really synergistic by layering in 
Myronase. I can never say it. Myronase. 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 Combine it with myronositol. Yeah, totally. Myronase. And myronase, I have to like 10 times. Yellow leather, yellow leather. Myronase is the enzyme responsible for activating the powerful glucoraphinin. And these are the compounds that create the sulforaphane for cancer and pathogen fighting. And so it's important to note also, not only, you know, when we think of like broccoli fights against breast cancer and ovarian cancer, really we could say beyond the world of estrogen related cancers because of that antioxidant detox pathway, but it's worth noting that it supports pathogen. And so I've had people that have needed support in the beat the bloat cleanse, since we're still kind of nerding out on that and the heels and Brocco detox can be a great formula to layer in. And especially like the mamas that are breastfeeding that are feeling signs of dysbiosis or have failed the, the beat the bloat um, quiz or candida quiz and they're looking for some tools the Brocco detox is very safe with breastfeeding and pregnancy without kind of upregulating too aggressive of detox support and also without liberating too much debris or die off like the full-blown cleanse would do so a really great friend to have in the mix um, and um, I would note that a lot of the I3C or Eindol 3 carbonyl products out there um, lack a, a whole food form and they all lack, generally speaking, um, the activating enzyme. So the efficacy just doesn't compete with our Brocco detox. And I would add on to that, you mentioned the impact on gut dysbiosis. I've seen um, in studies that um, some of those compounds are very helpful for H. pylori as well. So I'll often add that on if a client has H. pylori. Yeah, I think we added yep. that in our bullets because yep. it's one of our actually most powerful players for yep. H. pylori. Yep. And that runs rampant. If you've ever been diagnosed with gastritis, chances are it's because you had H. pylori. Um, so yeah, Brocco Detox is great. Um, unlike DIM, um, which is diindole methionine, DIM is going to pull estrogen levels low in the body. So if someone does have breast cancer or ovarian cancer or an estrogen-dominant cancer, I'm testing their estradiol levels, their estrone and their estriol levels like quarterly, and I will likely use DIM with them. And you can use DIM in conjunction with tamoxifen or you know other pharmacological agents. You could still keep the Brocco Detox in, but DIM is going to be a much more aggressive estrogen uh, detoxifier. And the reason why I don't want that in the naturally nourished supplement line is that I've seen people go bone dry with their estrogen levels, meaning that, and I guess I kind of Freudian slip in the sense that when your estrogen levels go really, really low, you can actually have a high risk of osteopenia and osteoporosis. Um, and then also we see estrogen levels when they go so low, um, having issues with vaginal function and tissue. We can see atrophy. Um, and estrogen does have some mood balancing and other hormetic influence. So I really only use DIM when managing and, and testing hormones on like a quarterly basis. And often then I will switch to just the Brocco Detox, but Brocco Detox is one that's safe to do without knowing clinically where your estrogen levels are at. I think that's a really, really good point. I often will have people come in on DIM and then we assess their estrogen levels and it's like, they were never high. It was just, we were doing this based on symptoms without testing. Right. And if they're in that world of estrogen dominance in light of low progesterone mm -hmm. and testosterone, you know, that's not going to help to balance out. Whereas the Brocco detox would, because you're still getting that glutathione antioxidant support and that reduces that chronic stress response in the body. So B complex, you mentioned Becky in alignment with, um, post-birth control syndrome, but I mean, we see the nutrients like B3, uh, B6, B12, and folate as key cofactors also supporting D 
detoxification. And we see um, in research that decreased levels of B vitamins can significantly increase the symptoms of estrogen dominance and throw off hormone as well as neurotransmitter balance. So if we're looking at energy metabolism, blood sugar regulation, mood boost, and metabolic, um, this is really a good player to layer in. Um, And then the other one is the relax and regulate. Um, So in the relax and regulate, we have two powerful ingredients, myo-inositol and magnesium. And um, these work to aid in reducing the tension in the body, protecting against chronic stress signaling, um, but also helping with hormone balance and mood. Um, big support in fertility, PCOS, and estrogen dominance. And we see that those people that fall into the world of estrogen dominance tend to be 20 times more likely to be deficient in magnesium. And you really want that bisglycinate form. That is what's more neuromuscularly bioavailable versus the cheapo stuff like magcitrate which is just really a bowel asthmatic. Um, so getting the glycinate is key. And then the myo-inositol can play a role with insulin signaling. Um, we tend to see excessive insulin being an issue with PCOS, but also estrogen dominance. Um, we know that myo-inositol has been tested clinically to actually restore menstrual cycle health, aid in ovulation and follicle maturity. And it can improve your sexual hormone binding globulin, which is key for also men with testosterone balance in their body. Um, so we see huge impact on mood, deep restorative sleep, um, and the amount of the relax and regulate uh, scoop has four grams of myo-inositol, which has been shown um, upwards of uh, one to three scoops to actually increase um, ovulation 62% fold in women when compared to Clomid, which is a fertility drug that has unfavorable side effects on mood and metabolism, whereas the relax and regulate can actually support that ovulation um, more successfully with the beneficial outcomes. Okay, so some really fabulous outcomes for women. Let's talk about what you found in men, especially in this world of metabolic syndrome, keto, and hormone balance. Yeah, so this was a really cool study where they used just one gram. So the amount that's in a quarter of a scoop of relax and regulate. So, you know, if if the man can do one scoop at bed, beautiful. Especially, I have a lot of, Brady takes it, I have a lot of men clients that take it because of that neuromuscular, like Mm -hmm. post-exercise muscle fatigue and just the tension that we hold in our body. Um, But we saw that before and after truly across the board, using the um, myo-inositol as an intervention, we saw a reduction in waist circumference, reduction in triglycerides, but what was most significant was the insulin resistance reduction. Um, We also saw a significant impact on estrogen levels um, that was quite remarkable um, from 32.4 to 20.9. We saw sexual hormone binding globulin to come down quite remarkably. Free testosterone and total testosterone levels went up. Um, And then we also saw a significant improvement in the concentration, mobility, and morphology of sperm when tested prior and post. And I'm sorry, this was with one gram twice daily, so about a half Half scoop scoop. of the relax and regulate. But I mean, hey, lowered body fat, um, lowered estrogen, uh, increased testosterone in both free and total, reduced sexual hormone binding globulin, and that insulin resistance. I thought that that was really powerful outcomes. And the the sperm motility and morphology, I usually just think antioxidants for that. Right. Um, and, and like CoQ10, cellular antioxidants, that world of things. So, so now I'm kind of cool. feeling bad that we named this bundle the women's hormones bundle. I know. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Bronco Detox, because all of these would be appropriate for men. So no shame in the game if you fellas are ordering women's hormones balance. It's not going to turn you into a lady. The people's hormones bundle? Oh, no. We can't open that world. <laughs> 
Okay. And, and then these three formulas are really powerful, but even so, you know, we would always suggest doing those formulas on top of a multivitamin. And I think that's a common oversight in general. Like I can get deep in the woods with a client on their supplement list. I'm like, wait, you don't have a multi on here? Um, because I, I just think that's a really essential layer um, yeah. that we need. Foundation. Yep. Yeah, foundation, not even layer, right? right. Like, and then you need to layer on top right, of the right. foundation, yep. um, for sure. So, you know, if you are a woman that is trying to conceive, you are are pregnant or are breastfeeding, I recommend the Multivale Mama, ideally for at least a year prior to conceiving, and um, for at least one year postpartum. And if you breastfeed beyond the year, you should stay on that Multivale Mama. Um, if you are just having a menstrual cycle and not looking to conceive, then you would do the multi-defense with iron, and that could be appropriate for ages 12 plus. Um, and then if you are in a menopausal phase or are um, at 12 months absent of a menstrual cycle and or are a man, um, you would do the multi-defense as is without the iron added in. Okay. And then if you're a kid, you would do the multivalent kids. Yes. You might as well throw that in there. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know how many yeah. kids are dealing with the estrogen dominance hopefully yet, but we are no. seeing kids with non-alcoholic fatty liver. Right. We're right. Seeing, I mean, it just depends on how clean their diet is. And if they're eating a lot of fructose and they're in an industrialized toxic world, it's very possible early on. And that's why we're seeing breast formation earlier than ever, periods earlier than ever. Sure. And that it is, that's estrogen yep. dominance yep. for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit on lifestyle support for balancing out estrogen levels. So the first thing here I think would be reducing exposure to those synthetic estrogens. Yes. So xenoestrogens, if you will, are synthetic forms of estrogen that can present a number of toxic substances, um, are present, excuse me, in a number of toxic substances. So these can be in our plastics, our solvents, our pesticides, our petrochemicals, um, and they mimic the steroidal estrogens that the body make. Um, and they're much more powerful than the phytoestrogens or the plant-based mimicking estrogens. The xenoestrogens, unfortunately, are fat-soluble, so they tend to build up in the body. And because they're also in a toxin form, like the pesticides, petrochemicals, plastics, solvents, the body is trying to store them in the fat to protect the vital organs. So we can see higher uh, fat body composition buildup when we're exposed to xenoestrogens. Um, and so one rule of thumb would be, of course, to try to limit your exposure. So this would be reducing your use of plastics in foods as well as containers, especially those plastic water bottles that everyone's carrying around. Better to do glass or stainless steel and ensure that your water source is filtered um, because we do see that the tap water in many cities to have high amounts of these xenoestrogens, you know, so they'll clean it with chlorine for pathogens, um, but they're not testing for the petrochemicals. And we know prescriptive drugs are seen in tap water and so much more. Um, and then definitely if you are using any form of plastic, make sure you're not heating food in plastic because that's going to leach and create more of an environment. Acidic foods in plastic leach more as well. Um, and then we would look at the whole world of endocrine disruptors, which could extend into your cosmetics. Um, I'll, I'll just link that episode to not nerd out too far, but we think of like plastics, perfumes, 
herbicides and pesticides. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the big area of, of watching, avoiding exposure. Um, so slowly but surely leading a less toxic life, switching out your mattress to an organic mattress, um, making sure that the paint's in your house and whatever steps you can do. And I would also say that that extends to cleaning products. So I've linked in the show notes, the Branch Basics, which is what we use. It's a uh, vegetable-based cleaning product that does not have any fragrance. We think of fragrances as being another form of xenoestrogen exposure and endocrine disruptors and um, really clean and safe and uh, free of these compounds. Um, So the next world aside from chemicals would be the exogenous phytoestrogens. So these are widely found, especially with high soy consumption. There actually are phytoestrogens in like the brassica family. So even um, in the world of like cauliflower and such, but those actually can compete and have more of a competitive inhibition, which is again why broccoli reduces estrogen dominance. So it's worth noting that there is some phytochemical structural mimicry. However, in the the phyto compound world, we tend to see balance systemically. Um, But soy still, although that is a phyto chemical, I still would say that the soy is much more potent. Um, So I would go soy free in the diet and especially watch out for those like health foods. Um, A lot of people that are starting to maybe start to clean up and are in between and still eating processed healthy foods, they'll use soy isolate to Mm -hmm. bump up protein, like any of those Kashi cereals or things that'll say has 10, 12 grams of protein, always check what the source is. Um, And the concern is a lot of that soy is going to be genetically modified. So then it means it's also going to have higher glyphosate residue, which brings us back to square one of that toxicity in our pesticides, our insecticides and agricultural chemicals. Um, So phytoestrogens remove soy from the diet, including screening for health foods. And then another dietary source would be in growth hormone, of course. So growth hormone that's found in your meats and your meat production, as well as growth hormone in the dairy world. So I would say absolutely eliminate all forms of dairy that is not organic or hormone-free. You could still do, of course, things like a grass-fed whey. You could still do dairy if you're not in an active excess of estrogen, of estrogen dominance. Um, But if you have high estrogen levels in the body, I would go Mm dairy-free. But if you are estrogen dominant based on that relative of low progesterone, low testosterone, then I would say like a grass-fed Greek yogurt could still be appropriate, Um, kefir, raw milk, grass-fed whey, because there's all health-supporting benefits you'd get from those choices. Would you agree with that, Becky? Yeah, totally. But if clinically high in estrogen, I'd say pull those out because dairy is still estrogenic. It's breast milk, right? From a cow. Um, So those would be the big ones in food. And then I would also ensure that you are getting ample phyto compounds and fibers in the diet. Um, So again, that bowel regularity is so key. Um, So to support your bowel regularity, maybe consider bringing in chia seed, Flaxseed actually has the ability to modulate your estrogen to make it less dominant, more of that E3 estriol than the estradiol. And so there is some metabolic impact and the lignans in flaxseed are a great thing that you can bring into smoothies or again, yogurts or things like that. Um, ensuring that you're having a bowel movement daily is key. So maybe layering in that relax and regulate to help with that uh, peristalsis or pumping. And then phytofiber in our line has 11 whole foods based forms of fiber, which is really great prebiotic support. And if we're thinking prebiotics, I would also say a priority is to assess for dysbiosis. So do the probiotic challenge 
because if the gut bacteria is imbalanced, we can see the estrobilome, which is the microbiome and estrogen interchange. And that in itself will drive estrogen dominance, deplete libido, and hinder our metabolism. So when you support your gut with the lactobacillus and bifido strains, maybe even about beyond the women's flora probiotic, um, the lacto and the bifido are going to ensure optimal estrogen balance. So using the probiotic challenge, you'll use the restore baseline and determine if you benefit from higher and then refill with the targeted strength, or if you need to proceed with that beat the blow cleanse and kind of plow and reset the gut. And then the last world of things, as we discussed, um, body composition change and weight loss. So both losing body fat and gaining or maintaining muscle. And I think a keto diet would be kind of the optimal place to be a phytonutrient keto diet. Totally, because it's muscle sparing Mm -hmm. and it's going to aid in that liberation of the body fat, be mindful of the detox support, but resistance training as well, getting ample protein in your diet. Um, So ensuring, you know, for women, you're at least getting 60 grams a day, men at least 80. And that's where the grass-fed way can help because it has those branched chain amino acids that muscle loves. And the last one in the food world, and then we'll nerd out a little more on supplements, is limiting caffeine. I know you're not going to want to hear this, guys, but as little as two (laughs) cups a day, especially of coffee, can contribute to estrogen dominance and um, also mismanaged catecholamines, which are those stress-responding neurotransmitters. So I would definitely say that that's where that wild foods matcha swap out a couple times a week and for sure cutting off at 12 to 16 ounces a day of the coffee. That's reasonable. Okay, so we've covered the use of the women's hormone bundle and the importance of a quality multivitamin. Let's just go a little bit deeper into maybe how we would use all these supplements as an estrogen dominance protocol. Yes, and actually, as y'all are listening to this, we now have added protocols to the Allie Miller RD website. We've added in, uh, is it seasonal allergies, Becky, yep. right? Yep. So we already have the beat the bloat protocol. We have the immune support protocol. And now we have the seasonal allergies. And we also have an estrogen dominance protocol. So you can, we will definitely link that, of course, in the show notes, which comprehensively will be a great way to wrap all of this up if you're a more visual learner and also give you direct links to all of the things. But pretty much the the way things would be taken if we are focusing on estrogen dominance would be the Brocco Detox, one capsule twice daily with food, uh, adding in a Reset, Restore, Renew Detox pack once a day, likely that would be done at bed, um, using that phytofiber at one to two teaspoons about five times a week. So this could be mixed into if you're avoiding dairy because you are actually estrogen dominant with excess amount of estrogen, then you could use a coconut yogurt or blend that into a protein shake. Um, this could also, if you're doing you know, a more moderate carb diet, be brought into like your overnight oatmeal or something like that. The relax and regulate would be suggested at 1.5 scoops at bed to get a little bit more bonus of that myo-inositol and magnesium bisglycinate. And then that B-complex would be at rise or at midday. And then we would consider if stress is the primary area of focus uh, for those individuals, if they're having bowel regularity, then they could do away with the phytofiber. And instead, I would add in the adaptogen boost two to four a day. We've talked in past episodes how adaptogen boost with that rhodiola in there, it's rhodiola, ginseng, 
and cordyceps. So you're getting some adaptogenic blend that is going to aid in the stress resilience and tolerance. And the rhodiola specifically has been shown in clinical research to aid in regulating a woman's cycle. So especially if you're high stress and you're having the abnormal menstrual cycle, that would be a huge key. And the bundle itself includes Calm and Clear, which is my like desert island, don't take this thing away from me. That keeps me in that parasympathetic space so that I'm not converting all of my progesterone into cortisol because I fall into the bank of the estrogen dominance in light of progesterone deficiency. So calm and clear like four to six a day. That could be like two at rise, two midday, two at bed. And then GABA calm could be pulsed in as needed if experiencing that physiological uh, fight or flight surge, like tremors, shaking, shortness of breath. And also in the emotional sense or mental sense in the world of like rumination, or even like aiding in concentration and focus. I often overlook the use of GABA, mm-hmm. but GABA has been shown in clinical studies to aid with academic performance and concentration and kind of getting into the zone. So it doesn't necessarily have to just be that steam train valve of release. It has that mechanism of also concentration and focus. Okay. And then back onto the detox pack. So you're saying I like this recommendation of one ongoing at bed and then we could likely even add and kind of level up doing a 10-day detox like twice a year or so. Totally. And if you are in an active mode of weight loss, you might do that a little bit more frequently. Um, So for the people that would consider bringing in this detox pack daily, I would definitely say those that are dealing with acne or skin condition Mm -hmm. issues of concern. So um, acne more so than like eczema or psoriasis. If it's eczema or psoriasis, I'd really nerd out into that beat the bloat kind of world. Uh, More immune modulated autoimmune skin issues. If we're talking acne, whether it's cystic acne or just hormonal acne, the detox pack consistently. And if you're on a budget and you're trying to conserve, you could just use that pack towards the tail end of your cycle. If you notice that that's your highest risk factor, I personally have my biggest kind of breakouts during ovulation. So you can, you can use that based on your hormonal shifts and then also for lifestyle support. So if you're having alcohol, uh, alcohol itself, uh, I made that comparison of the glyphosate with the soy but the same thing with wines you know we worry about the impact of uh, breast cancer and Mm -hmm. estrogen dominance with alcohol intake and the issue is is that you know again the liver is metabolizing your hormone regulating your hormone and delivering hormone throughout the body and also manufacturing so if we are consuming more than two drinks a day regularly we'd want to ensure that we're layering in that 10-day detox uh, semi-annually but doing the detox pack every night and at least on the nights that you're having two or more alcoholic beverages and that would be consideration as well of looking at like the dry farm wines i'll put a link in the show notes there they are the only company i know out there that actually tests for glyphosate residue and that's why they don't do any wines in the u.s they're all old farmed dry farmed so there's not drip irrigation and um, older vines more um, biodiversity in the soil also getting a much more dense antioxidant delivery so you're actually getting some of the health supporting compounds and not getting as much of the toxin aside from the alcohol that naturally comes through that fermentation process sure and then in that world of kind of supporting detox and especially of bowels and excretion that phytofiber 
um, would be important. You said maybe you could take that out if we're not dealing with constipation. Yeah, the only people that I would say it would be important for is yes, for bowel regularity. Also, if you do have excess estrogen in your blood or sure. saliva and you've tested high, you want to sequester extra. So I would definitely say if you have estrogen dominance based on excess estrogen, that phytofiber is essential. Um, but if it's secondary to low progesterone, testosterone, maybe not so much. Um, but it would be worth noting that the phytofiber also is really great, like I said, as a prebiotic to fuel the microbiome. And that's why we use it in the bacteria rebuild bundle, uh, which follows the beat the bloat cleanse, but also in the world of metabolic health. So like for men, this would be a huge key one to consider because it can aid with cholesterol regulation. It can aid with satiety, blood sugar control. So anyone that has any form of dysmetabolic syndrome where they've had an elevated hemoglobin A1C or their doctor saying that their cholesterol levels are imbalanced, this is a great way to raise that HDL and help to sequester some of that excess LDL, which could be the small dense particles that are those higher risk. Okay, and then you mentioned the stress support, especially if you're more in that world of low progesterone because of the mechanism of stress. Yeah, and if you know stress is your thing, I would definitely recommend doing that stress manager bundle, which has all three of those compounds, the Adaptogen Boost, Calm and Clear, and the GABA Calm, and all of these bundles, so like the Women's Hormones Bundle and whatnot, are going to be at 12% off. So it's a great way to start your shopping of the naturally nourished supplements by looking at what bundles are offered because there might be things that you've heard that you want to try and that might be a really uh, affordable way to do so. Okay, and now let's just hit some food as medicine support. So my favorite part of what can we eat to support yeah, so one thing we would want to look at is in that world, just like we opened with Brocco Detox as one of our first interventions, that whole world of cruciferous vegetables. So I do suggest these to be cooked. Uh, that's going to reduce the goitrogenic impact or the impact that would interfere with the thyroid. So a rule of thumb would be to get a cup daily or at least five days a week of cooked cruciferous vegetables, which includes like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, and of course, Broccoli. Did I say broccoli already? I think I did. <laughs> um, Double broccoli. Yes, broccoli twice. Uh, broccoli squared. Uh, so these are going to have those indole 3 carbonyls. They're also going to have uh, complexes of fiber that aid in that detoxification of estrogen. So you could try, uh, I love doing crispy broccoli. We probably do it twice a week, if not more. It's one of Stella's favorite things to bring in her lunch as well. Um, so I love to roast broccoli on high heat with a blend of avocado oil and olive oil and just quality salt like Redmond Real Salt. And I roast that at like 400 for about 20 minutes. I might shake it up in between. Um, I also like to saute broccoli with ginger and garlic, and that's adding more anti-inflammatory support there. We have on, in the Naturally Nourished ebook cookbook, or on the blog also, the buffalo cauliflower recipe, which is fabulous. Um, if you are doing that dairy-free, because that has a pretty copious amount of melted butter mm -hmm. <laughs> and hot sauce and um, a couple other ingredients in there, like garlic powder and whatnot, and you just basically coat all of your cauliflower and roast it in that, it's fabulous. Uh, but you could sub out avocado oil. I've done yeah. that successfully if you're yep. doing that dairy-free. Um, you could, if you don't have hypothyroid, or even if you do and you're just moderate with it, a kale salad would be a great thing. Um, and even adding leafy greens to your smoothies. Um, so adding in those cruciferous in your smoothies, uh, adding roasted cauliflower or, excuse me, I meant to say cabbage, roasted cabbage into a stew or a stir fry. I love to saute crispy uh, purple cabbage like in my tacos and such. 
And then making kale chips is another really fun, great way to add flavor and crunch at a high volume, low calorie density and still getting those health supporting compounds. Okay, and that's going to be more in that world of cruciferous veggies, but it also um, is going to support our next goal, which is fiber. Yeah, so we'd want to get at least 30 to 35 grams per day of fiber. Again, this would be heavier hit for those that actually have an excessive amount of estrogen that they need to clear because that's going to help with sequestering and eliminating. So that's where we would look at like a tablespoon of chia seed, which provides 10 grams of fiber in just that tablespoon. So doing like a chia seed pudding would be great. Um, aiming for the two to three cups of leafy greens to get your folate, your B vitamins, and your magnesium, which are all supportive for that estrogen dominance as well as fiber. And I would generally go for the leafy greens non-cruciferous so that you're not getting that goitrogen impact. Uh, nuts and seeds are a great go-to snack for this. Or I love to, especially for the population, again, that is estrogen dominant in light of low progesterone or low testosterone. And I would say maybe just especially the women that are of a lower body fat and maybe at an ideal weight or even lower weight, if they're dealing with that secondary estrogen dominance, I would encourage that they do like chia seed with nut butter uh, to break their fast. So that could be like a modified fat fast where they do like two tablespoons of almond butter and they stir in um, a tablespoon of chia seed. And it's just kind of like a four or five bite hump, hump, hump that you can do with your green tea in the morning. And then you're going to get much more therapeutic effect of that on the estrogen metabolism than you would necessarily with adding like the butter and the coconut oil. So mm -hmm. a great way to add the fiber good idea. and also get that. And I find it kind of sticks to your ribs a little better. Um, and then another thing in the world of uh, fiber would be the flax that I mentioned before. So that's going to play a favorable role in regulating your estrogen metabolism. So for both cases of dominance, I would recommend a tablespoon of flax seed about five times a week. So this could be done in the form of flax crackers, um, or this could be in whole flax is best. The lignans, those like sticky outsides of the seed, um, work best for the estrogen modulation. So you'd sprinkle them into your yogurt. Otherwise, generally speaking, if you're doing flax for omega-3s, you do want to grind them. But in this case, we'd go whole seed. Okay. Yeah. The flackers, I think, would be the best way to, to consume that easily for sure. I do it in yogurt all yeah. the time too. Okay. It doesn't bother me. I kind of like the like crunchy yeah. chew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the things I've shifted over time. <laughs> if you say so. Um, <laughs> and then um, next step would be just working to drive that bile flow and supporting the liver. Yeah, so that's going to drive that phase one of detoxification. And that's why I think the detox packs are essential. So you're getting that phase two support with the Brocco detox. You do get a lot of phase two support in our detox packs because three of the pills of the five pills in the pack are the ultimate detox in our line. So that's that phase two. Um, but you're also getting a, a liver gallbladder activator and you're getting a phase one supporter within that, which has like milk thistle seed, uh, also has ox bile, beetroot, and then you're also getting an antioxidant blend to protect your cells from that activation of the toxins. So to support phase one activity in the diet, we look at like an apple cider vinegar liver flush. So maybe that's a tablespoon or two of ACV with like two ounces of water done as a shooter. We also think of those as foods like the watercress, the beetroot, our artichoke, these bitter greens as well, like dandelion itself are all going to drive that bile. Anything that really you put in your mouth and kind of makes you purse your lips is going to create that bile flow. 
Okay, and then beyond that, we'd want to also, um, for men especially, reduce conversion of testosterone into estrogen or that aromatization. Yeah, so there are aromatase inhibitors, if you will, and aromatization is the process of converting estrogen, excuse me, testosterone into estrogen, and that's when it can create uh, quite a chicken and egg effect because as the man starts to grow more belly fat and has more insulin resistance, especially if not eating a low glycemic diet, then that those fat cells in the belly convert more of the testosterone into estrogen and make more belly fat and so forth and so forth. So blood sugar control is key for everyone for estrogen dominance. Um, but for men, we specifically beyond going low glycemic and maybe keto, we also want to support the testosterone production. And again, secondarily made in the muscle. So ample protein intake, we're looking at a general goal of 1.2 to 1.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And um, incorporating, like I said, the grass-fed whey would be a great way to do that because it has those bioavailable sources. And generally speaking, um, one ounce of protein equals seven grams. So if we said that goal before of 60 grams minimum for women, 80 grams minimum for men, likely you need more. Um, but we would look at to achieve that minimum 60 grams you know, two eggs in the morning would be giving you about 12 to 14 grams of protein. And then we'd be looking at maybe having like a four ounces or five ounces of salmon in, you got a tally for me, Becky's, I'm going. <laughs> and then the salmon, maybe four or five ounces on a salad. Um, that's going to give us, if it was four ounces, it's going to give us 28 grams, otherwise 35 if it's five ounces. So we did 35 plus, let's say 12 from the eggs. And then um, we're still looking at getting another four to five ounces at that evening meal. So for some people that like to do like um, chickpeas on their salad instead of uh, biological protein, they're definitely going to need that grass-fed whey shake mm -hmm. in between as a snack to meet that minimum need. Yeah. Um, awesome. So tons of ideas here and resources. Let's just wrap it up maybe with some action items. Okay, so I think the first thing for sure is to commit to a clean, real food diet, right? So local and organic uh, produce wherever possible, grass-fed pasture-raised, meats, eggs, and dairy, avoiding pesticides and fungicides at all costs, and then in the lifestyle world, avoiding plastic, especially, again, heating your food in plastic or wrapping your food in plastic. I use parchment paper in replacement, the non-bleached parchment paper, for pretty much anything that otherwise mm -hmm. would require plastic, or I'm using a Pyrex container, which, yes, the top of that is plastic, but I'm never packing it to the amount where that plastic right, makes contact with my food. Yeah. Right, and if I was heating in the glass, I'm often doing that in the oven, and obviously I'm taking the lid off for that, yep. so that's totally fine. Um, cosmetics, again, we can put a link to the uh, beauty counter page um, and maybe even some of the other new things that you've been exploring, Becky, in the Ilia, isn't that the Ilia brand you've been playing the with? the new one that I'm really really digging. Yeah. So making sure that our cosmetics and things that we're applying don't contain xenoestrogens or parabens, which can interfere with your estrogen metabolism. Either making your own cleaning products or checking out Branch Basics is huge there. As I mentioned, uh, vegetable and mineral-based non-toxic cleaners with no fragrance. 
so safe that I would allow Stella at age two to spray the windows with me. Um, limiting your exposure to smog and vehicle exhaust as much as you can. Uh, working with air filters, especially as we talked about in past episodes during the impact of pandemic and all of the disinfectants. If you're a teacher in a classroom or if you're working in an office space where you know that they're high, increasing their disinfectants, you really want to ventilate the space. So adding in a HEPA air filter would be huge for that. Reducing alcohol intake to help with liver health. Clean wine if necessary from dry farms, but otherwise trying to keep alcohol lower. Um, And then the last one that I would say is also eating a lower carbohydrate diet to manage your insulin. Because again, insulin drives body fat storage. Body fat storage drives estrogen production or formation and trapping in the body. So doing a ketogenic diet or at least a low glycemic diet that has quality fats is going to be essential because if you're running low hormone, especially in that secondary world, you need ample fat in the diet, especially to make that progesterone and even testosterone um, because all hormones are built out of fat. So doing non-dairy fats like olive oil on a plate with quality salt, the nut butter thing that I mentioned, and just balancing out the index at all meals. Awesome. So a lot of homework for listeners there and a lot of different kind of multifactorial ways that we can approach estrogen dominance regardless of the reason it's happening in the first place. Yes. So I hope that y'all learned some things in today's episode. Again, you can check out the comprehensive protocol over at AllieMillerRD.com. And while you're over there, check out our classes that we have coming up next level keto starting April 5th, as well as the next round of our 12 week food is medicine ketosis program starting on May 5th. And all supplements can be found under categories. So that there's a hormone section and mood. That's where a lot of these will be found. And also under protocols and bundles thank you for listening to the naturally nourished podcast visit our blog at allymillerrd.com for recipes wellness tips and food as medicine meal plans connect with Allie and becky at allymillerrd on instagram twitter and facebook until next time stay nourished and be well